Welcome, everyone, to Politics Express, the Postwriter's General Interest Politics Podcast. I am your host, the Postwriter's State and Science Editor, Lars Emerson. This episode, we are introducing our new recurring segment with a palooza of questions designed to probe the big questions in politics over the next 50 years. With me today to discuss is Postwriter contributor Lewis Ryan. Hello, Lewis. Hello, Lars. Thank you for having me here today. Oh, of course, Lewis. And the Postwriter's editor-in-chief, Michael Levito. Howdy. What I want to do this episode is introduce what will be a recurring segment on this podcast, which I've somewhat morbidly named In Our Lifetime. The premise is this. Each question will pose whether a political, global, or societal event will occur in our lifetimes. We are all men in our mid to late 20s, giving us an actuarial estimate of 50 years left on this earth. So think of these questions in the framing, uh, the foresight and probabilities of the next half century, and apologies for the uh, life crisis I just gave you both. I'm assuming we're all going to live to be at least 80, but you is know, there, we'll see. Is, is there an option where it's not mere Lewis's lifetimes, but your lifetime, because you're so much younger than us? <laughs> Uh, Just think, Mike, of all the wonders that Lars will get to see in the extra year he'll get to live past us, past our demise. In as many of the following Politics Express episodes as I can, I will wrap up the episode with one of these questions with whoever the guests or guests are that week. Ideally, a question that will illuminate something in the news. But this episode, to introduce the segment, I want to make it all about it and probe into a series of existential political questions we've been grappling with this month and this year. So thanks to both Lewis and Mike for submitting some questions in. And listeners, you can also send us some In Our Lifetime questions for the future. Reach out to us on Twitter at The Postwriter or email us at contact at thepostwriter.com to send your big existential political questions our way. And now, are you guys ready to play In Our Lifetime? (laughs) I would like to get started while I'm still alive. (laughs) (laughs) Good call. So So I've divided these into some categories. The first category is... Stuff in the news that we're all a little tired of hearing about. (laughs) Now, Mike and Lewis don't really know these questions ahead of time other than some of the ones they sent in. But the first question is very topical. In our lifetime, gentlemen, mm-hmm. will the filibuster be abolished? I am going to say yes. Lewis? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can really say one way or another. That's a tricky one in my book. <laughs> but I, I know I would like it to be abolished. Well, that's a different question. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll put you down as not sure. I'm going to say, Mike, why are you so strong? Yes, I, I agree. I think yes, too. Because there's going to so, – somebody's going to blink and get desperate, right? I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen in this Congress. It, it could happen 10 years down the line. It could happen 20 years down the line. Um, but apparently not more than 50 years down the line because I'll be dead by then. <laughs> but um, I think that uh, – Eventually, somebody on either side of the aisle is just going to get frustrated by the way that uh, the Senate currently uses the filibuster and is going to essentially snap and vote to remove it and it'll be removed. I I just think it's it is um, on the list of 
basically strategic items and is supported by I would say a not insignificant amount of sort of commentators and people. I don't know how much like the general public thinks about it every day because I my guess is the general public doesn't really know what the filibuster is, or at least don't really understand how it works outside of like Mr. Smith goes to Washington, which is not a, a, a knock on the general public. It like why would you know if you weren't? Well, and it no longer works like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, so yeah, I, I just think it's already been put on the table as like a tactic, and I think eventually someone's just gonna seize it and take it i think i would bet money that it'll be the republicans though Mm -hmm. i if i were a betting man i would say when the republicans take control of the senate again and can't get anything through they're gonna say well the democrats came this close to abolishing it so if we don't abolish it now they'll have the upper hand and they'll just do it you know kind of like mitch mcconnell did with supreme court seats (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, uh, but are Republicans even trying to get anything through? Supreme Court Su- nominees, mm. for which they already abolished the filibuster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, an Obamacare repeal, tax stuff, which I mean they've already done. You know, I'm maybe even like national abortion legislation. Like, there's there there like national if they were power, voting. Yeah, voting voting yeah. voting stuff. Um, even like maybe criminal justice stuff at some point but i i you know i don't know if that's i don't know what else they would do but yeah no they 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 have they have agenda items that they would i mean like you know abolishing like the consumer protection bureau like they they have yeah. things they might want to do yeah maybe that's just Rand paul but so it's, it sounds I don't, like, I don't i don't even know that's a thing Rand paul wants to do but it seems like a thing he'd want to do <laughs> uh national abolishment of vaccine mandates perhaps mm-hmm. yeah 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 so, so it sounds like we're a Mike and I are a clear yes. Lewis is a... No, I, I mean, when my thinking while I was contemplating my answer was basically what Mike said, so mine, mine's a yes, I'd say. All right, fair, fair question. Let's move to the next one. This question, courtesy of Lewis, will America go back to war in the Middle East in our lifetimes? You want to kick off with your answer, Lewis? <laughs> <laughs> you, you suggested the question, man. Yeah, well, you know, I was I was watching the movie Dune. <laughs> I was thinking about war in the Middle East because it's a topic I'm so well versed in. Um, I don't know; it's tricky because I know about ten to twenty years before we were in Afghanistan, the Soviets were there, and it. I don't know if we're gonna go back, but I mean, there's I I left it open generally to the Middle East, so. Um, We'll see. I, I'm inclined to say yes when another Republican gets in. We'll probably go back to war in the Middle East as much as I would not like to. But this, my like I said, my I have a very surface level understanding of this generally. I'm sure Mike can probably be give something more well informed <laughs> than me. Well, I so the the most likely scenario would be like war if Iran, right? Like I don't think we're going to be going back to Afghanistan or Iraq. Mm. Um, again. And would we go to war if Iran? I don't... I'm inclined to say no to this one, actually. Yeah. It, it would be a very hard... Like, there would have to be a direct attack on American servicemen What about Israel? American soil. We're gonna go to war with Israel? <laughs> no, no. What if someone like, attacks Israel? Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. I don't... But the thing is, like, I don't... I don't we, think that's gonna... Ha- like, outside of the Palestinians and, like, Hezbollah, like, I don't... I don't, th- I don't think a sovereign... Unless you consider Palestine sovereign, 
I, outside of Palestine, I don't think like a sovereign nation is going to directly strike Israel. Israel I, is given plenty of military aid. We have effectively yeah. bankrolled yeah. whatever defense they need. But mm-hmm. if anything, yeah, like Mike said, the trend has been towards actually recognition of Israel. So we now have more countries yeah. recognizing them than ever before. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that a certain segment of the Republican Party really wants to happen. Like, they really want to go to war with Iran. I just don't know that that will be the uh, sec- segment of the Republican Party that, like, uh, will be in the White House and basically able to make those decisions. And I just don't think Iran is stupid enough to <laughs> stage any kind of direct attack. And, like, I think it's more likely we go to war with China than we go to war with Iran. I don't even think it's very likely we go to war with China. So I would say no. I, I, don't, I do not think we will. All right, good, good discussion. Lars, Lars, what was your answer? I mean, uh, kind of the same. I, I just think the answer is no. We have no reason to really go there. If you take, uh, uh, look, if you want to take <laughs> so much of a reason in the first. Place. No, I know, but at least like <laughs> you could, true. you could. Well, fine, but you know, at least the somewhat farcical argument of the left is like we went to war for oil, which I think is like a gross overstatement. We don't need oil anymore. We're, there's no interest. We we produce so much oil now; it doesn't matter. Like we, our our interests in the mi- Middle East are so limited now that we're not out for revenge, right? Is well, you we could just, argue the Republicans are interested in it for religious reasons. I don't think they are. I don't know certain sects, but 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 that's but again, like that, the religious reasons is again, it's all tied to Israel. And like I said, unless there's like a nation versus nation war between Israel and like Saudi Arabia. You know, I I just I, I don't I feel like the US yeah, would like, just yeah. like sit back on that one. They'd be like, yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no chance of us going to war with Saudi it, it Arabia, is... right? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, it'd be like, <laughs> you know, it, 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 well, yeah, I don't know, but it would also kind of be like a major league baseball team playing their own AAA team because we basically give Saudi Arabia everything they need in military aid, so. I just don't. I think honestly, like it's more likely we go to war in honestly like Venezuela than we do in right. the Middle East. Okay, and we will wrap up this category of stuff in the news we're all a little tired of with the big question: Will there be another major pandemic in our lifetime? How how, how are we defining major? It has to be at this level or bigger. Of the as in number of deaths or number of like societal impact, like shut stuffs locked down. Either or. Okay. Hold on, I'm going to do some Googling. <laughs> do we know? Like, cause there was the 1970s flu flu pandemic. The 70s flu pandemic, let's see. And uh, don't forget there was swine flu. Right. So I would say <laughs> yeah. the last the last one historically that reaches this level would be the Spanish flu. Okay. A hundred plus years ago. Which and is actually think from, from Kansas, not Spain. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the lead on this one while you guys ruminate. I'm going to say yes. I'm just saying the more the more time goes on and the more interconnected the world is, which is a good thing, the more likely something like this is. Uh, we may be better at handling it, but I'm going to go with yes on this. And I think... Oh, Lewis? I was going to say, so your projection is for it to happen closer to 50 years than yeah. two years from now? I mean, it could happen in two years. It could happen in 50 years. It's just like every year you got to roll the dice and there's like a 1% chance every year, but then that becomes a 2% chance every year, you know? 
I yeah, I think that they're basically what the the things I've uh, kind of read is that people expect this to happen more often, partly because of climate change, and it just mm. I guess makes it easier for diseases like these to spread and to grow. So. I guess I'm going to have to say yes, too, because other people seem to think it's possible. Yeah, hopefully we, we know how to deal with it better. But if <laughs> hopefully we, if we're we all de- dead first. <laughs> if we deal with it better, will it really be as bad of a pandemic? That's the question. Well, what if it's a worse disease that we just deal with better? Who knows? Lewis, but what's your answer? How, how do you define the badness of a disease? Like the death rate? <laughs> Like your chances of dying once you get it. Like imagine if this were SARS and not COVID, where it's like the mortality well, it is, rate is it is, is technically I, the original SARS. SARS excuse yeah. me. Yeah. SARS <laughs> Ebola. Right. It, where the the mortality rate is much higher, mm-hmm. but sure. we're better at at quarantining and not like running around like maniacs <laughs> screaming about vaccines. By then, it's like you could <laughs> still see a similar global outcome, right? Sure. Sure. I mean, yes, but I think my vote is still yes. Okay, Lewis? I'm going to be optimistic and say no. <laughs> Always the contrarian so far, Lewis, but good. No, I agreed with you on the first thing. Yeah. I said okay. yes. Yeah. I, look, it, it hasn't happened, uh, you know, Spanish flu. Yeah. hundred years, pretty much. And I'd like to think, you know, it, it is literally a once-in-a-lifetime thing, so... Yeah, if it doesn't happen in fifty-one years, I think I think I, I could bet a couple dollars on that. Okay. All right, let's move on to our second category, which is the presidency. The first question here: In our lifetime, will a president resign from office? I am going to say no because it has happened once in like two hundred plus years, and I just think that. We as un as unprecedented as that was, I think we like have just entered an era of politics that has made it even more unlikely to happen. I just you you would have to have a historically unpopular president for that to happen, and I think at this point we are so polarized that I don't I don't see anyone reaching that level of unpopularity. Yeah, I I share similar sentiments to Mike where politicians seem way more shameless and i would feel they're less compelled to resign and give up power i i want to point out that you both are very familiar with and or live in a state where a very shameless politician just did resign from executive office that is true but i also i i just think that's different and he also might end up running again for governor. Right, so right. I I don't know. I, I just think it's different, though. I think people are more likely to... The thing with Cuomo, though, is that, like, the call was coming from inside the House, right? It's he had Democrats were ready to impeach him. And you're talking about national Democrats or national Republicans getting ready to impeach one of their own presidents. I, again, I just... yeah. Outside of, you know, sort of the sprinkling we got during Trump's second impeachment, I just don't see that happening. So my answer on this one is going to be yes, but I'm going to answer in a different way you guys did. I actually think one will resign for health reasons in our lifetime. Mm. Right? Which one? Yeah, which one? <laughs> a future one. I mean, it's just we, we've got a lot of older people who are getting elected president recently. I mean, we've had... Trump, Biden, yeah, Reagan, the oldest, they're all oldest some of president. the oldest presidents. 
Uh, I just think it's only a matter of time before one genuinely has to resign for health reasons. Mm-hmm. That's that's my answer. Okay, that's interesting. So you expect the trend to hold, and that we keep electing seventy-year-olds? I don't know if I expect it to hold. I just think it's become common enough that once again we're rolling the dice every time. <laughs> you know, in any given year, there's a one percent chance that Joe Biden has some health crisis or whatever. Who knows? Mm-hmm. If he's president 50 years, that's a that's a 50% chance. <laughs> True. Um, not really, but you know what I mean. Okay, let's move on to the next one. So this question is courtesy of Mike. Will another president face impeachment? And I'm going to add a corollary to this one. Is will any yes. if so, will that will any president in our lifetime get convicted of impeachment? Mm. Okay. I think so, it's a no on the last part. <laughs> yeah, I think it's definitely on the last part. You would have to have Again, like I said, a Nixon level of unpopularity, which at our current level of polarization I don't think is possible. Or you would have to have a, a 67 to um, 33 Senate majority at least. Yeah. And with our current level of polarization, I don't see that happening. Um, as far as impeachment goes, uh, I do. Because I think that people seem to think we may be in like the age of impeachments. <laughs> mm. Um and you know that's not to say that the next impeachment might not be it could be frivolous but i think that it could certainly happen as as although i think the two trump impeachments were justified i do think they opened up the floodgates a little bit into what we're willing to impeach people for yeah i agree with mike i'm wondering if there might be too many impeachments now where it might devalue the whole meaning of the term but yeah i agree that there probably will be more impeachments in our lifetime we've already lived through Three? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three out of all four impeachments have occurred in our lifetime. It's kind of and exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they all probably all should have been convicted. <laughs> I uh, mean, even if Bill Clinton was convicted, Al Gore would just become president, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's what you wanted, isn't it, Lars? <laughs> <laughs> um, we're all very unanimous on this. That's kind of kind of a sad thing about america is we mm-hmm. all think there will be more impeachments but definitely no convictions something's broken there well but. i mean it, i mean is it because it's like it's in the constitution to impeach so right but it, the well, founders wanted us to exercise that option i i guess it's the we're all very certain that nothing will ever like come of it we're also all very certain that they will continue to happen at possibly an accelerating rate mm-hmm I think you're just going to get congressmen who come in with the intent of, if they come in under, you know, a, an opposing administration, there go there will be at least some who come with the intent to impeach that president. Yeah. I mean, I honestly think that's partly what happened in 2018. Again, even though I was in favor of Trump being impeached and of removed, of course he wasn't. Like, but you can't deny that's all happening. And I'm, you know, I think there will be some uh, people who run on that run on impeaching Biden. Yeah, perhaps not as many, but there will be. I, I think that's fair. I mean, there's already some of them, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next question. Also courtesy of Mike. Will America have an unmarried president? How are we defining unmarried? <laughs> well, <laughs> so, it, right, so... They're no, not That's an interesting married. question, right? Because, so I put in bachelor slash bachelorette. Right, which was very confusing. I was like, what? We're going to elect the bachelorette? <laughs> <laughs> um... Which I, I meant, I meant, I, I kind of meant to mean like just un, like had never been married, right? But 
unmarried, I suppose, could mean never been married, um, divorced and not remarried, or widowed yeah. and not remarried. Yes. I'm the one who asked this question, so I'll answer first. <laughs> I, I think that with... I assume the... Well, let me do some Googling. I assume the marriage rate has declined. Yes. Um, yeah, that's what I was just thinking of statistically. And, and so I just think statistically it seems pretty likely. But, And I also think that, I mean, you seem like... You know, we've elected so many, like, old people recently. I wonder if at some point there's going to be kind of like a dramatic reverse in trend where we've kind of like... <laughs> um, run through so many of the old people that we kind of just start skewing a little bit younger now and i feel like the younger you go the more unlikely people are to be married as well i'm mm. not saying we're gonna elect like a 32 year old but well we can't yeah, we could elect, <laughs> well yes what is it, 34 35 30 not saying we're gonna elect a 35 year old but we could elect like an unmarried 40 year old you know yeah um I, I i wouldn't i wouldn't be super shocked i mean i guess if we take the broad reading of this question too uh, we could elect someone who whose wife or first lady dies or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, or it could just be someone who doesn't believe in the institution of marriage. That too. Just be life partners with somebody. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it's possible. I don't know if it'll actually happen, though, in our lifetime. So I'll say no, just because I think the perception would be, if it's someone who's just truly single, it'd be like, well, something must be you know not wrong but it shows sort of like a lack of social skills it's sort of the political science sort of way <laughs> um you know what i'm saying it yes, just generally yeah. it's like it would give off the perception of someone who hasn't uh put themselves out there it, it also denies them of like an effective campaign surrogate right you know your your spouse is an effective campaign tool <laughs> in a lot of ways <laughs> So are we all saying like yes, but maybe not? No, I, I'm Lewis has no. convinced me that no, I do not think it okay. will happen. I, I I think I'm going to still go with yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, President Lindsey Graham, you heard it here first. Right. Well, yeah. Let's move into the next category, which is elections. We'll start with an easy one. Will a woman be elected president in our lifetime? Elected president. Yes. Okay, Lewis. I would say yes. I would say there's a very strong chance of that happening in the next 50 years. I would also say yes. All right, let's move to the next one. Will <laughs> California go for the Republican presidential candidate in the next 50 years? Hmm. So I asked a question that I assume we're not going to be using, but I could be wrong. Tell me if I am wrong. But, like, I basically asked, like, will we see every state go at least once for both parties, right? Yes. So, because, like, our parents... I don't know, you know how old your guys' parents are, but my parents were old enough to see that happen, right? They lived through 1964, where states like Oklahoma and Kansas went for Republicans and haven't since. And they lived through 84, where states like Hawaii and Massachusetts went for uh, Republicans and haven't since. Um, and then 1972, only time Minnesota's gone for Republican in like a trillion years. Um, and so California, I guess, thinking about that... I do wonder, because uh, I'm trying to think. California has never gone right in any of our lifetimes, right? Right. I think I'm going to have to say yes, just because of your rolling the dice thing, right? It just feels like it'll have to have Like, I, there's a chance that in, say, like, I don't know, 1984, somebody asked a similar question about, like, Virginia going blue, 
and people have probably been like, ah, oh, it's never going to happen. Virginia, that good Republican state, and lo and behold, it happened, you know, in 2008. So I don't. It it seems it would not be in my top of the list to flip, but I think that the num it it is too with it, with any this question of any state flipping to a different color. <laughs> Because that's, that's all that happens, right? The color just changes on the map. <laughs> There's no other actual consequence. Um, it like it the 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 possibilities and of, of events just seems like endless to me, and I feel like it'd be folly to definitively say no one way or the other, or just, just definitively say no. So yeah. I'm going to say no. I do <laughs> I do not think California will go for the Republican presidential candidate in our lifetime. Well, I mean, like fifty, like even like thirty years ago, California was red, right? Yes, it they last went for red, Reagan and Bush. It last went red for Bush in 1988 against Dukakis. Yeah, so I just by that reasoning, 50 years is a long time. So I'll I'll say yes, just because it has happened in the past 50 years. I, I, but I think we can use the trend line of history to kind of plot out this path, right? You can see California changing. In this in that period, but you don't see it changing so much in this period that we're in. Yeah, fifty years is a long time, but we're also far more polarized that we than we were in the eighties uh, or even the nineties. I just I think California is so demographically far ahead of the rest of the country that it's pretty hard to see it turning around. I think it could elect a Republican governor, but I don't actually think I see it electing a Republican president. So I'll be the odd one out on that one. <laughs> okay. It reminds me of a line from Rick Perlstein's Nixon Land, um, where, and he opens with the 1964 landslide, and one of the sentences in it is like, um, they all said that Ver- Vermont would go Democratic the day that hell went Methodist. Well, hell turned Methodist in 1964. Like, you know, I could yeah. just see a headline like that someday. <laughs> yeah. In our lifetimes. All right. Uh, the last in this category, will a third party receive electoral votes like have won a state to receive electoral votes so we're talking about have won a state yes in so a, like presid- in a presidential a election color. correct yeah so the last you know the last time that that happened realistically speaking would have been 1968 yes where the american independent george wallace won several states mm-hmm. i'm going to say no because I think you would need a very like regionalist sort of party and candidate for that to be the case, and I just think politics are so national now that yeah, re- like I mean, regionalism helped Evan McMullen in like 2016. He still finished in third behind Hillary in Utah, right? right. He didn't even. I mean, Ross Perot got second. McMullen didn't even get to second in Utah, and I just think that it'll be tough for uh, another party to or candidate really to generate enough regional goodwill Um, unless it's like the only way i could see it is that if like there's like a third party governor of a state who ends up running for president i could see them winning their own state but i i I still i still i'm still gonna say no lewis interesting because george wallace is now over 50 years ago and there have been 50 years without any third parties winning so you could argue that because it's been 50 years that it could go for another 50 years. But also you could argue <laughs> that we're, we're overdue. overdue. So I guess I'll say no, but I, I would like to ask a sub-question related to this, sure. if I may. 
What if it was Trump running as a third party candidate against Democrats and Republicans? Did you do you see him winning states as a third party candidate? Yes. Yeah, I think so. I, I see him. I see Democrats winning almost all of those states. But yes, I, like I think I think Democrats would pick up Texas very easily. They'd pick up Kansas very easily in that situation, right? Is I just like twenty percent of the people are going to vote Republican because they don't understand the you know forty percent are going to vote for Trump because that sounds about right, and then. <laughs> I guess that math doesn't actually add up, but 30% are going to vote for Trump. And then, and then, you know, 50% will vote for the Democrat or, or mm-hmm. some derivation of that, right? You just drain the Republican vote so that the Democrats win a plurality. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to go with no on this one. Like Mike said, unless it's like a state specific example. I, it's just, I mean, it used, like you were saying, Louis, it used to be a lot more common, but I mean, our, our party system has changed. The primary system has changed like completely since then. Just the way we nominate and choose presidents is totally different. So, yeah, I, I agree. All right, are you guys ready to move into our last category? Let's do it. All right, yeah, the last, let's go. last category is the Supreme Court. This question, courtesy of Lewis, but I actually love this question. Will... <laughs> uh, this might be... No, this is like my favorite question of the of the series in our lifetime will someone who has not served in the department of justice or as a judge be nominated to and confirmed to the supreme court i don't i actually think no because i think that oh now that i say that earl i mean earl warren obviously not in our lifetimes but he was i believe he was not a judge he he was a governor right he was a governor he was attorney general of california Ooh, that's interesting I, because you could, you could see, like, a, like, you could see, like, Trump or a Trump-esque figure, like, appointing, like, Chris Kobach, right? Right. Um, so, that's kind of why I liked this question, is because Trump put out this list when he was running in 2016 mm-hmm. that included, like, U.S. senators on it, like, uh, like, I think Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, mm-hmm. and, like, Tom Cotton were, like, potential nominees Trump was mm-hmm. vetting for the Supreme Court seat. Yeah, uh, I don't want to live in that version of hell, but that's that. There, there is like this has been discussed, right? Right. I actually don't think so because I think there are so many interest groups and and kind of like organizations devoted to uh, appointing certain people to certain judgeships and then eventually to the Supreme Court that I think that the groundwork has already been laid that either side, but especially the conservatives, have like their own pipeline to the Supreme Court, and I don't really see them blowing that up right i feel like you're almost always going to get a republican president kind of deferring to like the federalist society and other conservative interest organizations Mm. to essentially choose their judges for them and i just i I find it unlikely that they're going to so strongly deviate from that because it's just it's kind of it's not foolproof but it's like they they, they have a system down for this already right Mm. lewis yeah i i'll say my answer is no and i pray to god that i hope i'm right my <laughs> deepest, darkest fear since we've been through, like, celebrity governors, Jesse Ventura, Arnold Schwarzenegger, senators, the president itself. It's like my fear is that someone like Judge Mathis or Judge Judy or Judge Reinhold <laughs> are going to make it onto the Supreme Court. And then it's going to be, you know, 
Could you imagine? That would be like anarchy. But so Judge Judy would not apply in this situation. She is actually a judge. And a proud graduate of American University. But but like... Go Eagles. She would not be appointed because of her, you know, legal career. She would be appointed because of her cachet. Yes, I I agree. So so I I know it's hot talk in democratic circles, or at least it was like six years ago. It's like, what if... Hillary nominated Barack Obama to the Supreme Court. You don't think something like that could ever happen in our lifetime? Would ever happen? Well, it happened in the 20s with Taft. (laughs) It did, yes. Yes. So there is precedent. He was also a judge before he was president, as well as Solicitor General of the United States. But I, I think that it has such a... The reason why celebrities get elected governor or senator or, in some cases, president is because, like, of name recognition, right? Um, people know who they are, and it makes them more, in some cases, makes them more likely. You know, they have to learn less about them, so the threshold for, for them earning a vote is lower or easier or whatever. Yeah. And I think that because people don't elect Supreme Court justices, that... Uh, the parties, which are ostensibly should not be involved in appointing Supreme Court justices, but of course we know that's not really the case, and presidents don't really care as much about name recognition, right? They, they, they're much more concerned of getting them through the Senate, and, you know, as broken as the Senate may be, I don't think that they're going to fall for, like, you know, appointing the rock to the Supreme Court or something. Well, I don't know. Well, if anything, you have the opposite incentive, right? Is, is a, you want to pick a, a nominee who nothing is known about them at all. Yeah. It's exactly. like you, who has like no record on issues and who answers every question the senators throw at them with a, I would have to depend on the rule. It would depend on the case, the facts of the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't want someone who has this record of like coming out on policy issues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So we all agree. No, but I, I do really like yeah. that question. Can, can I ask a sub question? Sure. Related to this. Will we have in our lifetime, a, a Supreme Court justice who's just sort of like has a shameless public persona in the way that like Trump or like Ted Cruz or Lindsey Graham is just absolutely like shameless because you know Supreme Court justices are usually sort of respectful and they don't usually like you know sell out too much but will we ever have someone who's just like basically Trump on the Supreme Court as sort of that big brash public persona in our lifetime well I think that depends how you feel about Brett Kavanaugh but (laughs) I I don't think so yeah, because I don't know that there's as much of an incentive to do it. I mean, like, there is, like, a sort of, like, dark timeline where you're right, Ted Cruz does get on the bench and he behaves very much in that manner. <laughs> the, the irony of that is he'd have to get the vote of all of his senators who all hate him. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. 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 But they would be getting rid of him. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. They wouldn't have to work with him anymore. Oh That's <laughs> just just like big head in a uh, in Silicon Valley. He just keeps getting promoted despite his incompetence. Yeah, I mean, like you could see a, a universe where a like very right wing president appoints like Roy Moore <laughs> to the Supreme oh, Court. Oh God! Again, I don't think that's likely <laughs> to happen. But if he were, he would. I think would behave. You know, he maybe not in, like, the same manner as Trump, but he would, I think, like, he'd be on Twitter. Like, he would right, be, right. you know, um, very That's outspoken. what I'm, I'm picturing is a Supreme Court justice, like, tweeting out, like, this ruling sucks. Yeah. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Interesting. All right, are you guys ready for the last question? 
Will Democratic nominees compose a majority of the Supreme Court in our lifetime? Oh, what is it at now? It is now 6-3. Six of the justices were nominated by a Republican president and three by a Democratic president. Let's see how old all these people are. They old. <laughs> they are definitely yes. old. They so are. if we were to add justices, we would need four more? Yes. I, you would need to add four justices. My it, it, lifetime appointment. It would take a dramatic like act of God, I think, for this to happen. Right, it, it was. It would have to be like three of the Republican. You know, it kind of have to be something. It would have to be like what happened under Trump, but like not only is it that two Republican seats come up, or and then a Democratic nominee dies while like the last months Trump is in office. It would have to be like three Republican people die or for some reason decide to retire while a Democratic <laughs> president is in office. Yeah. Like you, you, it would it would almost be an it would have to be like an act of God. It's like, yeah, I think you're right. I it's it would be tough to see that happening. But Lewis raises the interesting thing: what if they do add seats? I do you, don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't either. <laughs> but Lewis, do you? Maybe maybe they should though. No, I I agree. They they should. I mean, they should at least do it to the number of and then they should add, add judges to every court. So when you are on trial, there's two judges. There's not just one. There's two. Uh, good, good idea, Lewis. Great idea. I think we should give all judges a helmet and have them enforce the law themselves. <laughs> like in Judge Dredd. Like Judge Dredd. All righty. Now we, you're thinking. We, we will end with that question. Uh, any any thoughts before we wrap up, gentlemen? Uh, no, this was fun, but it also made me think about my impending demise, so thanks. Th- that was the goal. <laughs> who's the winner? <laughs> who's, the, who's the winner? <laughs> we America, the world I, guess? Dead, I guess? Or maybe not America. Who knows? Yeah. And we will end with that. Thank you for listening, everyone. Let us know what you think on Twitter. And you can find and follow us at the Writer via our email our email address contact at thepostwriter.com like i said send us your your big questions we'll we'll try to do this somewhat often and do one at the end of every politics express episode politics express is a postwriter podcast brought to you by thepostwriter.com and you can check out stuff we work on things we've written and our other podcasts over there uh we'll see you all next time and my thanks of course to lewis and mike for joining